Apples. Today we are going to be talking about the S word. The S word can be a touchy subject for both men and women. The S word can also cause division in marriages leading to divorce. The S word can be a source of stress and strain and unfulfillment for some marriages. The S word can even be a struggle point for Christians in our individual walks with Christ. Today we are going to be deep diving into biblical submission. What is it? What isn't it? How do we do it? What are the benefits of submission? Well, in today's episode, I am having a real life conversation with another good apple. Grace McCoy, and we will be sharing our personal stories of biblical submission to our spouses in our marriages and to God in our lives. Now, whether you are married, single, male, or female, I know this episode will bless you because we are all called to submit to God. So stay tuned. Apples! Welcome back to the weekly podcast, The Good Apple, with me, your host, Sharonda Simone. The Good Apple is a place where Christ followers, at any stage of your walk, can learn to apply powerful, life-transformative, biblical truths to live in the world, but not of the world, according to John 15. We are a community of kingdom kids who live bright lives, seasoned and salty with lots of godly flavor to enhance the world as directed in Matthew 5. We are the remnant of God's people, the good apples, who invite God into our everyday lives and live in success, health, wealth, prosperity, peace, and applied biblical knowledge as those spoken of in Isaiah 65. Apples, welcome or welcome back. Hello, Apples. Welcome or welcome back to the weekly podcast, The Good Apple, with me, your host, Sharonda Simone. So today we are continuing the conversation from part one with Grace McCoy about the topic of submission. Now, if you have not yet heard part one, I will definitely link it down below because you're going to want to check that out, okay? We shared so many biblical truths and invaluable information about what biblical submission is. Apples, it was such a great conversation, and it really explained what God expects of us, as well as some of the benefits and the blessings that come with submitting. Now, in today's episode, we are going to deep dive into what submission is not. And in this episode, Grace and I, well, we're going to be very vulnerable, and we're also going to share our own submission story in our marriages. Now, I know for a matter of fact, because God is God, I know and believe that whether you're male or female, whether you're married or not, this is going to be an eye-opening, inspiring, and very helpful conversation. Now, let me take a minute just to reintroduce our guest speaker. So Grace McCoy is a mother to a lovely little girl, Olivia. Grace is a blogger who also has a website where she shares homemaking, traditional living, and homeschool tips. Grace gave her life to Jesus in 2019, and she is on a journey to help others live authentically and genuinely for Christ. Now, I personally enjoy reading her blog posts and following her social media platforms because she's extremely genuine and she's just really natural and very humble. 
She's truly a breath of fresh air, Apples. So I encourage you to check out her social media links and her blog posts. Um, everything will be linked down below for you. Grace McCoy lives with her family in the great state of Texas. All right, so let's go ahead and continue our conversation with Grace. Remember, this conversation is pre-recorded. Now, you know that every Sunday, I like to say welcome to all of our new listeners, those who are tuning in for the very first time. God bless you. Thank you so very much. It is not an accident that you found this podcast, and I know you're going to be blessed. Be sure to reach out to me if it's your first time tuning in or if you've been listening for some time now, but you haven't let me know because I want to personally welcome you to the Good Apple community. I'm really excited that you're here. And also, too, if you are a returning listener, God bless you. Good apples. Thank you so very much for your continued love and support of this podcast. I also have begun to upload the episodes onto my personal brand YouTube channel. Okay, so again, my goal is just to try and make all of this information as easily accessible to good apples. A few of you have already reached out to me on YouTube saying that you appreciated me posting the content there as well. So you can be sure to follow the podcasts on any platform that you usually hear podcasts as well as now on YouTube. All right. Um, now, I do want to give a special shout out. You know, every week, every Sunday, I like to give a special shout out to a good apple who has tuned in, who's reached out to me, who's let me know that they are listening in, tuning in. And so this week is no different. The special shout out goes to Courtney N. Courtney has reached out to me. She said that she is enjoying the conversation. It was her first time tuning in and she was so glad that she listened. So you guys, again, I'm so grateful to all of you for tuning in and I'm so grateful to you, Courtney, for letting me know that God has blessed you with the information that we share here on this platform. All right, so before we jump back into the conversation with Grace McCoy, let's go ahead and talk to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for waking us up today, God. We thank you so much for being God in our lives. Lord, right now, we just ask that you help us to submit any part that is not submitted to you, God, any part of our emotions, any part of our hearts that are not fully submitted to you. Father God, just open up our eyes so that we can see it. Lord, help us as we navigate through this submission to you, submission in our marriages. God, help us that we can give you the glory, God. We ask right now that you just inhabit this podcast, Lord. I ask that you remove any distraction from my environment, Lord. We come against every wile of the enemy, every plan, every scheme. We cancel and we send boomerang effect to the sender. Lord, I ask that you do the same for the environment of the Good Apple listeners. Lord, we give you all the praise, all the laud, all the adoration. God, you are God and we trust you. We believe you, God. And we know that you are going to continue to do amazing things through this platform. In the wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. This episode of The Good Apple Podcast is being sponsored by SharondaSimone.com, the website where I share all of my raves and faves for beauty, motherhood, fashion, home decor, and lots more. All of these items will keep you bougie on a budget. So be sure to check out www.SharondaSimone.com. Now back to our show. 
So a little bit about my submission story. I want to give a little bit of a background because I think, for me at least, it's easy to get a good understanding when I'm able to hear a little bit more detail. And I also know that for those listening, this has been my experience as well. When I hear a story and I'm like, wow, that sounded like it just came so easy to them, like it just flowed naturally in them to follow Christ, to be submissive to their husbands, and to glorify God. That was not the case for me. I grew up with a very um, machismo culture, if you're part of the, if you're Latino or if you're a part of like the Mexican culture, you can understand what I'm talking about. And I also had immigrant parents in my whole family was were immigrants from Mexico and it was always kind of nailed into our minds that you we didn't come here for you to be submissive we didn't come here for you to not pursue this sort of lavish American dream lifestyle. We came here for you to do that. We came here for you to always excel. But the one thing I don't remember was coming here to glorify God and the purpose that he has given us. And that's not to be negative or knock down um, the sacrifices that came with immigrating here. But from a young child, I was always kind of in that mentality of, doing what's best for me all the time, 100%. I was also somewhat raised as an only child. I have four siblings. They were all out of the home and married by the time I was growing up. So I was also very spoiled. (laughs) And you can understand how much contrast there is in my relationship when we first, my husband, oh, actually, there's a confession. We are not married yet. Um, but we will be this year, but there was so much contrast in our relationship because he was raised so differently. He was raised very selfless, very communal, very what's mine is yours, very open, and I was always raised very what's mine is mine, and I work hard for what I want, and I do what I want, and nobody can tell me no. And in my walk with Christ when I found him, our relationship had struggles. We were in a a tough place, Johnny and I. um, We had just gone through losing our home. We had gone through a we had just gone through losing our home because of a hurricane, and we were also facing financial struggles, and there was obviously a lot of tension in our relationship, and um, the reason we weren't married is because society told us we didn't have to, and we were like, well, we'll just be together and live together, and we'll be that couple that will always live together and just be together. We didn't really understand and really put any pressure on that because at the time we did not have Christ in our lives. And I wanted to say that because I know there are couples out there who are, who are finding Christ in their relationship and feel guilty about the sins that they have done having a child out of wedlock. And I'm here to tell you that there's nothing God won't forgive if you just go to him, ask for forgiveness, seek repentance, and choose to better yourself and allow him to move through you. So I wanted to be clear and honest about that. We are not married in the church, but we will be because we found Christ and we feel like marriage is a sacred covenant. But this journey has been so eye-opening to me why it is so important to glorify and submit to Christ because he, he, we reap the fruit of that labor. And so along the journey of our relationship, along with me finding my identity in Christ, I realized that life is not me 
is not mine. It's not my expectations. It's not my wants and my needs. And that's something that really struggled in our relationship because I was always, I even told my husband, well, Johnny, this multiple times, oh, it's happy wife, happy life. What about me? And he would humble me and tell me, well, what about me? We're in this together. And so I started on this deep dive when I came to Christ into learning how to live biblically and learning to give my life to him. I was in the car one day, and we were struggling so bad just financially, our relationship. There was so much tension. I was in my car. I know I can't be the only one that God comes to them when you're, like, in the car or in the shower. And I remember him telling me, you need to submit yourself to me. You need to come to me. And I was like, okay. And that's when I first bought my Bible. I had been a Christian for a few months, and I had been reading my Bible on my phone or listening to sermons online. And I bought my Bible, and I actually got my hands on them and started to read. And I came across a few verses that helped me submit to God, submit to my spouse, and have a good understanding of what that meant and how I can live it out. Because I didn't have that example for in my life, it was hard for me to understand submitting to another human being. I could understand Christ, but another person, I had my I had a hard time wrapping my mind around that because I was so self-centered and I had not really noticed that at the time. I was not humble. Uh, you mentioned in my introduction when you were introducing me to uh, the audience that I'm so humble and it makes me so happy that you mentioned that because it just goes to show how transformative finding Christ is but uh, the verse first Peter 3 1 through 2 wives in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word they may be won over without words by behavior of their wives, and when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. It goes on to say, uh, do right without fear of what your husbands might do. When I first came to Christ, I hit the ground running. I was on fire, and I still am, but I just remember just being awakened to the truth and to the beauty of what Christianity and to what biblical truth was. And, and Johnny was always so supportive. He was always so kind. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're finding him. I'm so glad you're, you're feeling so good about life and so confident in him, and I'm, I'm proud of you. But he wasn't following me. And I think sometimes when we as ladies are, find ourselves in this position, we feel almost discouraged or like, you and your spouse are unequally yoked because they're not following Christ like you are. But it's important to remember that they are not there. Our husbands are not there to follow us. They have a completely different role in this hierarchy. It's to follow Christ first and foremost. We are supposed to lead. Uh, We are supposed to follow our husbands, and our husbands are supposed to lead. And so it was very, very edifying when I was struggling at first to be submissive to my husband was to remember, do right without fear of what your husbands might do. Because through our own actions, through our own transformation, they will soon be, be called to follow Christ as well. Um, so that is a kind of a short story of, of how submission to my spouse has come to be. Um, 
And I also want to remind the ladies that sometimes when we think of submission to our husbands, uh, we think of sacrifice. And I think, Sharonda, you have mentioned this before, sacrifice, and we're like, well, I don't want to sacrifice that, or I don't want to give up this, or I don't want to give up that. But then when you hear yourself and take a moment to listen to what you're saying, you realize that those are your fleshly and earthly desires. It's not about what we want. You're not actually giving anything up. You're being rewarded. There's so much benefit, like you say, uh, Ms. Sharonda, there's so much benefit in submitting. So I challenge you, ladies listening to this, if you feel like you want to challenge, if you feel like you want to um, seek the Bible and say, it has to say something different somewhere else, no. That is your flesh. Remember that uh, it tells us in Proverbs when we are meek and quiet and we are, but we are more precious than rubies, the heart of our husbands trust us and he will lack no gain. So remember that when you start to feel like you want to challenge the word and challenge submitting to your husband. Okay, so, wow, Grace, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you share your story and it's so similar to my story. Now, I must just say that, Grace, I applaud you, okay? I applaud you so much for your transparency um, and just for how real you are. You know, I said in the beginning that you are a genuine person. Like you are very genuine and natural and authentic. And I believe that there are so many of our listeners, the Good Apple community, who can relate, you know. So I'm excited to hear that you and Johnny are planning your wedding. God will be glorified. And, you know, it just, it means so much for us to have that nuclear family mother, father, you know, children. It's just such an important part of a Christian community, you know, especially now today when there are so many, you know, vices against the nuclear family. I mean, so glory be to God. Um, And Apples, let me tell you this. I did not know the majority of her submission story. So you're hearing it for the first time and so am I. And I'm just so grateful to God. I knew that he was going to just help, you know, to make this episode just very life transformative for me as well as for Grace and for all of our listeners. So thank you so very much for your authenticity, Grace, and just for sharing and bearing your heart. Um, you know, so as I'm listening though to you talk and the verses that you're sharing it literally is, I mean, so similar to my submission story. So let me just go ahead and share with you. Um, so my husband and I have been married now for nine years. Okay, so in August, we'll be celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Um, and he and I have a wonderful marriage, okay? Of course, it's not perfect, but praise God, it is a really, really good union. However, about three years ago, all right. I was in a place where I was struggling. Okay. But at that time, I didn't know that he was struggling with certain parts of our marriage, you know, so I don't know about you. But I mean, I really felt as though I had a lot of my stuff together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know I wasn't perfect. And I knew my husband wasn't perfect. I mean, it's very easy for us to say. But sometimes when you're confronted with the realities of just how imperfect you are, okay, so I knew that he and I were both two imperfect people coming together. But I honestly felt like I had you know, most of my life together. You know what I mean? Um, now I've been serving God 
pretty much all my life. You know, I gave my life to Christ at age eight, and I've just really been, you know, living a life that I believe is glorifying to God. Of course, not perfect, right? But truly just trying to live as a Christ follower. Well, seven years in, you know, um, there's something that, you know, changes in marriages. Um, I believe it's might have been proven by other people, but regardless, I just know that in our marriage, you know, seven years in, it was like, you know, yes, we were more comfortable, you know, um, but we'd also begun to go through real life experiences. You know what I mean? So, you know, each of us trying to be the very best for the other person and of course for God, but at the same time, life got real, okay? So here it is, you know, we're about seven years into marriage and, you know, I noticed that there were certain areas that I was struggling with as far as, you know, what I wanted to see in my marriage or, you know, from my husband, you know, how I how I saw the home should be run. And now, let me just start by saying that, you know, my parents are both married now for over 40 years, you know, they're married to one another now for 40 plus years. And so I did see the model of, a, you know, a healthy marriage, not a perfect marriage, but definitely a healthy marriage. And the thing about it, though, is that I, because I lived in Jamaica for the majority of my childhood, I was away from my parents, you know, during a lot of the formative years where I would have seen certain relationships and conversations play out, certain, you know, marital conflicts resolved. So, you know, that is a part of the backstory on this. Not an excuse, but just an explanation. You know, we have to kind of think about, you know, our experiences that have molded us to bring us to where we are today. All right. So here it is, seven years in, you know, my husband and I, um, he accepted Christ as an adult, okay, but from childhood, I've known Christ. And so, you know, kind of like grace, it's almost as like, you know, you, you're not on the same uh, level with your spouse, but it's not so much that you think you're better than your spouse. It's not that. It's more so like, okay, you know, Grace said she hit the ground running. And she was just, you know, all encompassed with, you know, loving Christ and serving him. Well, for me, it was all I knew, you know, since a child, I knew Jesus. I love Jesus. Well, my husband came to know Christ as an adult. Okay. So it's a very different stage of the same journey. And for me, again, it's that wanting to, you know, see my husband, you know, reach all of his potential in Christ. And, you know, just, I mean, it was, I guess for him, what I found out later was that it wasn't helpful. You know, all of me just trying to say, come on, you can do it. You can do it. You know, sometimes it was actually too much for him from what he explained to me. But I just remember being in a place of struggle where I, you know, there were things that I wanted to see happening in our home. And um, I remember going to God and basically just, you know, crying out like, hey, what's going on here? You know, I know my husband is a man of God. I know that we are, you know, married and you want for the home to be run a certain way. You know, wah, 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 you know, fix this, fix this, fix this. And all the fingers are pointed at what I wanted my husband to do better. Now, I can say that full transparency, he knows about this, okay? But I did not stop to look at what I needed to work on. Again, just be, me being honest. You know, I knew I'm not perfect, 
But at the same time, I felt like I had so many things put together that here it is, you know, this isn't going as I would have expected. And I pointed all the fingers to my husband. And then Holy Spirit convicted me. He convicted me. And when he did, he flat out told me, Sharonda, you are not submitted. Let me tell you, Apples, I was shocked. I was, I was hurt. And I was in disbelief. But I listened. And I had to stop and examine my heart and my marriage. And I realized that I was trying to take my husband's position in the head of the household. You know, I was trying to be the household authority. But that's not how God designed it. You know, there is a hierarchy in the home. Now, it's not a hierarchy as in, you know, ruling. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into that because I know in Genesis, you know, it talks about your husband will rule over you. And I think that's a big misconception about what submission is. It's not a ruling thing. No, it's not a, you know, subservient role to submit. No, but, you know, I'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, but I remember Holy Spirit convicted my heart. And he said, look, you're not the authority as far as the head of the household. It's God, husband, wife, children. And initially, apples, I, I fought it for a little bit. I did, you know, but there's something that my mother always tells me. You are not Holy Spirit. You cannot change anyone. You cannot force anyone to change. Yes, you can influence, but you, are, you make a poor Holy Spirit. That's not what you do. And it wasn't until I found that same verse that Grace shared, like the same verse in First Peter. When I read that, I was like, oh my word. You mean to tell me that I don't have to go behind my husband nagging and, you know, trying to get him, persuade him, you know, trying to move him to do and be. All I need to do is just be a woman of God and God is obligated to help my husband, you know, reach to where he needs to be. I mean, it was it was life transformative, you know. So as I'm hearing Grace talk about that verse in verse Peter, that is the same verse that Holy Spirit had me read. And that is what allowed me to stop trying to take the role of Holy Spirit in my marriage and in my husband's life. So here it is. Holy Spirit convicted me and I was like, all right, okay, I'm listening. I'm not happy about it, but guess what? Hey, when Holy Spirit talks, I have to listen. So I remember just crying out, you know, I was so sad and, and ashamed because I love my husband so much and I want for our marriage to be the very best in Christ. But I realized that all the time I'm pointing, you know, the finger, Holy Spirit's like, yeah, but look, you have so many fingers pointing right back at you. You need to work on yourself. And when I read the verse in First Peter, it basically says, hey, look, you need to be the best you. You need to be the best Sharonda that you can be so that without words, your husband can come to see and then he will be changed because of your submission to Christ, your obedience to Christ. So I said, okay, I'm going to stop pointing the finger and I'm going to focus on Sharonda, be the best Sharonda through Christ that I can be. So I ran upstairs one evening after Holy Spirit and I had a heart to heart talk. I ran upstairs and 
I my husband was in uh, the upstairs bedroom at that time and I knelt down before him apples I knelt down before him so after I repented to God asked for forgiveness then I ran upstairs and I knelt before my husband and I was crying and I said I'm so sorry please forgive me I'm so sorry please forgive me and he's like what are you talking about and I said look I've been trying to act as the head of the household and that's not my role I'm sorry forgive me it's yours I don't want it that's not my place yes I may help meet I'm a help mate to you does that mean that I don't have a voice no does that mean that I don't have a say so no does that mean that I'm a doormat no I mean if we look at Proverbs 31 where it talks about you know the wife of noble character okay nothing in Proverbs 31 is a doormat woman however there is a way there is a, a an, an order in the home and I was trying to take my husband's position and it wasn't working and apples let me just tell you once I did it God's way when I said okay I'm going to hold my position and play my role in a positive way not a doormat way in a positive way once I decided to do that doors opened up and without getting into too much of our personal business let me just say that financial doors started to open up our communication got better child rearing got better everything opened up because there is an order yes husband and wives must submit to God the Bible tells us that submit to God and then you're also to submit to one another the Bible says that submit to one another out of reverence for Christ okay and that's in Ephesians 5 uh, 21 okay it says submit one to another out of reverence for Christ so there is a mutual submission that should happen because see submission remember submission is not you know authority over no that's not what it is it's literally saying okay I'm going to you know listen to the the authority and the um, direction of God number one and then you're going to mutually submit to your spouse but it's not a rulership it's not a better than and a less than it's not a you know hierarchy in the negative sense it's an order now I know that there's also some confusion too because when you read in Genesis three sixteen, um, it says remember you know there was the sin right so the fall of man in the garden Eve ate the apple she was deceived by Satan as a consequence for the disobedience it says to Eve God said you will desire to control your husband but he will rule over you okay and that's the NLT the New Living Translation alright so what does that mean it means not that God is saying that the man will rule over no because when we break down the Hebrew context it is more fully developed and it actually means that in marriage instead of having a perfect union and harmony there's actually going to be conflict because wives will want to do one thing and their husbands will want to do something different okay so it's discord so in Genesis three sixteen, he said to the woman I will surely multiply pain in childbearing um, in pain you'll bring forth children your desire shall be contrary to your husband but he shall rule over you when you break it down again the actual 
understanding is that there will be discord, not a rulership as in dictatorship, but there will be discord. So, you know, a lot of times people think submission, male and females, you know, we think submission is a rulership, but no, as the, as the, the husband is to be the head of the wife, it's actually a place of sacrifice because the Bible says that husbands are to love their wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Again, that's in Ephesians. So we see here that it's actually, you know, when we talk about husband being the head of the wife, it is a place of total sacrifice, just as how Jesus died and sacrificed on the cross for us, his church, his people. All right. So it's not a power trip. All right. We talk about, you know, husbands. I mean, this is a really big responsibility. It is the ultimate act of selflessness, putting your wife first and her needs first and guiding her as Christ guides his church. Being the head of the wife means forgiving her time and time again. Okay. It means being able to find the solution to marital and family problems. Yes, of course, you know, the husbands, you know, they should work with God to do all of this. And yes, you know, when you look at a noble wife of character in Proverbs, I mean, yes, a smart husband will want to take the wisdom of his wife for help. All right. You know, because when we look at, you know, I think it's really good to look at um, Proverbs 31, you know, a lot of times as quoted, you know, and it's, it's the wife of noble character, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. That's Proverbs 31, 11. If we jump down to verse 16, she considers a field and buys it out of her earnings. She plants a vineyard. So this woman is, she's industrious. You know, she's proactive. She's productive. She brings something to the table. All right. And verse 17, it says, a wife of noble character, she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. So again, we're not talking about a weak, feeble, second-rate citizen in the home. No, 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 no. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. So wives and husbands, you know, they are, yes, wives are to help their mate. And how? Because guess what? He has confidence in her that she's going to do the very best. She's going to work vigorously for the family. She's going to, you know, sow seeds. She's going to use her earnings and plant a vineyard. And it doesn't always mean that she's actually making financial money. There are different ways that you can, you know, consider a field and buy it. Meaning you can consider changes that need to be made in the home and you can proactively work at it. It doesn't have to be just financial gain. This Proverbs 31 woman is so full-bodied, all right, that it's not just about working or not working, stay-at-home mom or work-from-home mom, you know, the spouse man goes out and earns the money and comes in. No, this is a full-bodied relationship, but there is an order to it all. So jumping back to my story, just to wrap that part up, when I went and knelt at my husband's feet, and I cried out to him and asked him to forgive me. And, you know, he was shocked. A few days later, you know, yes, in that moment, we, you know, we reconciled and we talked and embraced. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment that I'll never forget. And I'm so grateful to God for allowing that opportunity. I'm so grateful for Holy Spirit pulling and tugging on my heart. 
But a few days later, my husband confesses to me. He said, you know what? Let me tell you, for years, there were things that I wanted you to work on. There were things that I needed for you to do better. And I remember thinking to myself, what? What are you talking about? Now, remember, I said this before that, you know, I did not realize all that I had to work on. Okay. My husband is the only real serious relationship that I've had, you know, so there were a lot of things that I did not know. Um, And thank God, Holy Spirit, you know, he's showing me every day things I need to work on. And I must also say that um, in my marriage, my husband brings out the best of me and sometimes it's in the worst times, you know, now, but I think that's, that's a sign of a good, healthy relationship when the other person brings out the best in you, you know? So anyway, uh, here it is. He's telling me that there were things that he was talking to God about for years and he was praying about things for years, things that he wanted me to work on. And he said that he tried manipulation. He tried coercion. He tried bribery. He tried flattery, you know, all of these things he said, but nothing worked. He said, So he remembers crying out to God like, look, you've got to fix it because all the things that he had tried didn't work. And so he said, when you came to me and said, I'm sorry for X, Y, Z, I'm sorry for not allowing you, my husband, to be the head of the household. He said, when I saw that change in you and all the changes that you've made since that moment, I know that it has to be God. And that made me want to learn more about God myself. Apples. Is that not what first Peter said would happen? Right? In first Peter, it literally says, wives, you be the best you. You do what you know that you're supposed to do. And when you do that, your husbands will be won over, not by your words. Apples, not by nagging, not by begging, pleading, manipulation, flattery. No, but because they see your reverence for God, they see your passion for Christ, they see your submission to God, they see your submission to them. That's what's going to win your spouse over. And I literally saw it play out in my own marriage and my mind was blown. It's like, oh my word, this is exactly what the Bible said would happen. And no sooner said was it done. So I just wanted to share that with you as an encouragement for those of you who might think that you and your spouse are unequally yoked. Okay. Um, I did do a full episode where I talked about being unequally yoked and I use this same Bible verse, a lot of these same references because it's real. So if you guys want to check that out, I will link that down below. I believe it was season one, episode four, if I'm not mistaken, talked about being unequally yoked. And so let me just say that I have seen my husband's spiritual life grow in leaps and bounds. And, you know, he is truly the spiritual head of my household. And I'm just grateful to God because it happened and God blesses when we are obedient. So, you know, Grace, can you relate to this in any way? Let me know your thoughts. I agree with that a thousand percent. I agree with everything you have said, sharing your story on submission. I agree from from you physically and and like literally going to your husband and apologizing and acknowledging what had happened and and acknowledging Christ and you know 
asking for forgiveness, basically. I think that is so important. And then building onto that and elevating your relationship and your marriage and the freedom. Yes, I I, I don't want to cut you off, but just a little tidbit. Johnny told me when I, because I had the same moment. I had that coming to Jesus moment, and I went to him, to Johnny, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. He did not have to deal with me for as long as he did when I was living the way that I was living, but he did. He stayed, and he's here. And and when I came to him and I apologized and I acknowledged that I had been so off about where I had to be in my role in this mar- in this relationship, he told me I felt like I always, always had to walk on eggshells around you. My mm-hmm. heart shattered. And ever since then, in this intentional journey of walking with Christ and being submissive to my husband and him submitting to Christ, there is so much freedom because it brings that comfort, it brings that peace that we are no longer in this relationship as individuals expecting so much out of one another, but we're in this relationship to glorify and honor Christ and to seek and accept whatever he brings to us in our lives. I agree a thousand percent. I do. Apples, this just goes to show us that we are so privileged to have the living word of God. Apples, you heard it play out in Grace's marriage. You heard it play out in my marriage. And we're not special. We just love God. We serve God. We're doing the very best we can. So if you're listening in and you're thinking, okay, you know, the Bible is black and white or it's old. It's for that time. We have different situations now, different struggles. Apples. This is the living word of God. And I'm just so encouraged. I know that our listeners are getting good information. Again, I keep saying it, even if you're not married, just hearing how First Peter, the verses in First Peter, just hearing how they played out in real life. I think that's encouraging. You know, the Bible tells us that God, he never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. The word of God is the living word. And especially now when things are just so upside down in society, and maybe you are going through struggles in your own home, in your own marriage, relationships with your children, or even with your Christian walk, submitting to God. I think that hearing our testimonies, I know it has given me encouragement, and I pray that it's given you an encouragement as well to know that the word of God is truth. It is truth. Even if there are facts in your life that seem contrary, the word of God is is truth. So I do hope that you have been encouraged by what we have shared here. If you have, please be sure to reach out to Grace. Her contact information is below. And I'd love to hear from you as well, Apples. Let me know how you've been blessed by this episode. And also too, be sure to keep the conversation going on all social media platforms. I am really, really excited and pumped. I can't wait to share our conversation, Grace, with the rest of our listeners. Now, before we wrap things up, is there anything more you'd like to add? Um, just a tad bit. Just a tad bit. Mm-hmm. I, I want ladies to feel encouraged. When we're talking about biblical submission in our role, know that this does not mean that we are ignoring whatever our husbands do. Um, as Sharonda mentioned in Ephesians, that is basic instructions and principles for 
ourselves, a woman, and our husbands. So don't feel like, oh, it's just me, it's just me, I have to do this. But what about him? What about him? Remember in Peter, like like we've mentioned, focus on the God-given purpose that he has given you, your reverence, your transformation will help encourage your husbands to follow. And also, it's easy to feel like, well, I'm doing this. We are unequally yoked. And and when we really take a look and, and study and, and acknowledge um our husbands, as the, the person who has authority, that's not an easy task. That's a lot of pressure. That's a, I'm sure it could be um, intimidating at times, but knowing that God will always be with us and will always lead us, I'm sure that brings him comfort. Um, so, yes, it's, it's not something, like you said, uh, it's not ownership of us. Our husbands don't have ownership. We're not slaves. We don't always have to be quiet. Like you said, we don't have to say yes, sir, no, sir. It, it's... We all fall into line with our God-given purpose and our God-given role for a reason, and it's beautiful. There's beauty in that when we look towards Christ and not towards our own fleshly desires. Can I touch on something really quickly here in Proverbs 31? You mentioned, uh, I'm not sure exactly how you worded it, but there's no sin in having two incomes. It's not bad. And for me, in our life, in our family dynamic, I stay home with my daughter because we feel called for me to be home and for me to homeschool and for me to do the gardening and the homesteading here to my capability that we feel God has given me and called me to. But it's not bad if you have a career either. I think the important thing is to always do what you're doing to glorify Christ. If you have a career in vain just simply because you know you can do it better than anybody else, then I think we need to reevaluate that. You know, if you have a second, uh, an income just because you feel like there brings superiority to your relationship and you're better than everybody else, then I think there needs to be reevaluation in that as well. Proverbs 31 doesn't tell us that we have to do nothing, that we're just idle, that we're just housewives. She invests, like you said. She works hard. She invests. She's smart. She works with her hands. She has that strength that God gives her. But it's all to glorify Christ. And there's a ministry in being a biblical woman. There's ministry in being a wife. There's ministry in being a mom. So I think it's always important to remember to stay rooted in glorifying Christ. Remember, like we talked about in Proverbs, do not lean on your own understanding. Are you truly unequally yoked or is he not living up to your expectations? So remember, just pray for your husbands, pray for your marriage, your relationships, and don't get discouraged. Like Sharonda said, we are not some random special people that God just handpicked to have a transformation happen. It is work that we have had to put in and in time and effort and studying and reading and learning and correction that has brought us to this place. So know that it is not just something that will happen overnight. So I hope you all are encouraged by that and remember that when you are on this journey. Wow, Apples, this has been such a great conversation. Grace, thank you so much for giving your time and your wonderful, wonderful information and conversation. 
apples. We spoke for probably about two plus hours, and I'm really trying to condense everything into just two episodes. So, if you were blessed by the information, please do me a few things. First of all, make sure you comment and let me know. Also, too, if you haven't already, be sure to share this podcast with a family member or a friend. You never know who could benefit from hearing this information. All right, Grace. Again, thank you so much for stopping by. I do hope we can have you again on the Good Apple Podcast. But until next Sunday, apples. Remember, I am Sharonda Simone, and I will either see you at the top or from the top. You decide. Bye.